Welcome to episode 104 of the Plus One Player Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve, and this week, folks, he's back. We're joined once again by the lore connoisseur himself, the pottery expert, Matt Martinez. Matt, how are you doing? It's It's been so long. I missed you. How have you been? I've been good. Just immersed in clay yes. entirely. You're just covered head to toe in clay at all times now. <laughs> yes, making some bowls. Nice. You've That's been posting really them on Instagram. They're they're yeah. nicely done. The progress well, from you. your first bowl to your your most recent one, it's noticeable. You're doing you're doing fine oh. work out there. Thank you. You're welcome. It uh well I have a sprain in my wrist now, so I have to deal with that. Oh geez, you're gonna have like <laughs> I didn't know that they had pottery injuries, so now I've learned they do. something new tonight. And this week we are joined by a special guest. It is Chris Nunez. Chris, how are you doing? I'm good, but I don't have like clay arthritis going on right now, so I'm I'm I guess I'm a little bit better. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same clay boat as you. Arthritis. No no clay arthritis on my end either. So you and I are, are we're we're doing well. Mm. I don't know about him though. We're gonna have to see, we're, we'll mm-hmm. monitor him day to day. We'll bring him back in for a checkup in a week. Test Thanks. that wrist out. See how things Great. are going. It's like the ten day DL. <laughs> but Chris. Let the people know where where do we know you from? Because I know you and I met last year at PAX East after the What's Good Games panel, which was a great time. So yes. many many friends I've met through the What's Good Games meetups and their panels. So shout out to them for putting on great events. But we had a great time meeting up at PAX, and then we've been following each other on Twitter, having conversations. So it's great to finally have you on the show. So let the folks out there know a little bit about you. Uh, I've, I don't know, I've been gaming for like as long as, long as I can remember. Like I'm old as dirt, so like I played on Atari 2600. <laughs> uh, but uh, I honestly, I really started getting back into everything uh, when Destiny, uh, the original Destiny came on. Uh, yeah, kind of crazy, but like I was traveling for work. I just started a new job and didn't know what a clan was. And that's how I started connecting because I was away for like six months from my family. So it was like yeah. one of those deals. And then I went to PAX because I moved to Connecticut. Uh, PAX East, um, met some of the IP guys uh, from Irrational Passions mm-hmm. on accident through a friend of mine, uh, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. And now I kind of poke my nose on Twitter pretty much daily about things. That's good. <laughs> and so what are what are some of the games you've been playing recently? And also, we always ask this of our guests, what are a couple, I don't want to put you, put, put you out too much, what are a couple of your favorite games of all time? Some of the ones you could always go back to. Sure. Uh, stuff I've been playing as of recently. Um, I just finished uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, put 120 hours in. Like, I wow. cleared Whoa. out all of it. Yeah. Like, I kind of went down a rabbit hole that I didn't plan on going down, and mm-hmm. I just kept going. And that's uh, and exactly then I, why I haven't played that yet. That reason it was, alone. <laughs> it was so weird because it's one of those games where it didn't hit the first time I played it, and yeah. I took a year off, mm-hmm. and then I came back, and I'm like, oh, now I get it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I played that, and I also got my nintendo switch out and decided i was going to play little zelda and yeah and i went down that rabbit hole for a while and it was like an evening thing like every night for a couple of hours i was knocking out like a dungeon and it was a lot of fun i had i had a blast was that link's awakening it was link's awakening yeah i never played it on the ds so like i it was actually brand new to me so all of it and all of the discovery and stuff like that was all brand new and trying to do it without a guide is really difficult Hmm. yeah that's the thing about those zelda games that's one of the reasons i think why i never 
got into Breath of the Wild is because that is the type of game it is where it's like you just kind of have to go out there. There's not much direction and you just kind of stumble into like these things and figure things out as you go. Yeah, it's like you're doing stuff and you're like, hey, wait a minute. This guy said something about five hours ago. And then I had to like backtrack and like remember all of that stuff. Um, And as far as games are concerned, man, I I, Mass Effect 2 was one of the first games that really, really hit me hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also playing any type of uh, Mario specifically like 64 was 64 was like my is my jam and still is my jam. Like I will fire it back up again and play it every once in a while. Well, happy uh, N7 awesome. day because as a Mass Effect fan, I know we get a bunch of Mass Effect fans in our community. So happy sure. N7 day to all you folks because we are recording it on the 7th. Yeah, N7, uh, it was pretty pumped up. I, I Everybody was really excited, hoping that they were going to get that remaster. And I'm like, oh, you fools. Mm. It's, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> This is a tease thing. forever. Yeah, that's like the same thing as like us Batman fans. Like every time Rocksteady gets mentioned, we're like, what was that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey. WB Games, what are you doing? Uh, would, would you sneeze? Oh, bless you. Just uh, Batman, what's it coming? So I, I definitely sympathize with the Mass Effect fans. <laughs> yeah, we're we're a, a squirrely bunch. Lots of lore, like the same as he's talking about. Like every, you kind of dig in deep, and then we just don't talk about Andromeda. It's like, no, that didn't exist. Like that, that's yeah. not a thing. <laughs> well, I never I, played it. I know I've never played any of the Mass Effects either. You know why? Because I at this point I'm waiting for. The oh. remaster of the trilogy. Sure, I can't go back, and yeah, I know it's it's a real struggle. But Chris, thanks so much for joining us. We're very happy to have you. Where can they uh, all the folks find you on Twitter? Because you mentioned you're, you're poking your head out there. So where can they find you? Yeah, I'm at Topher Noons, T O P H E R N U N E S. You can find me. I'm always on. Perfect. So go follow him. I'll link that in the show notes as well. And we got a fun show to talk about. But before we get into all that, we did we do have to keep the house clean. So as always, follow us on social media. We are at Plus One Player on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Plus the Number One Player. Go check out the website PlusOnePlayer.com. Go grab a link to our Discord from the website or the twitter bio come on and join the community we have a great group of folks we'd love to have you unless of course you're racist in which case if you're a racist mass effect fan i do not wish you a happy n7 day you can go fuck yourself (laughs) and after all (laughs) if you've enjoyed that who's anti-garris that's ridiculous (laughs) Uh, i love garris i've heard garris is good that's one thing is a con it's a constant in mass effect fans is garris equals great so so good that's one thing i've learned so if you've enjoyed the content, if you've enjoyed hanging on the Discord, think of heading on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. If you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two. Every dollar you give us will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast around. We have an amazing group of supporters, and we'd love it if you would join that group. And can't finish up housekeeping without mentioning the sponsor of the show, Nerdiest Brands. So go check out Nerdiest Brands at nerdiestbrands.com. That's nerdiest, N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, brands.com. They have amazing nerdy gear. They were just working on a big Power Rangers project, so go check that out because they have some pretty sweet Power Rangers gear. So if you're into that, and of course, like I had mentioned the past few weeks, winter is like fucking here. It's already cold. It's going to be like 20 degrees tomorrow. It's going to be miserable. They got beanies on nerdiestbrands.com. Keep your fucking head warm, so go check them out there. When you do go there, make sure you use the code PLUS1 discount. That's PLUS the number one discount at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order. So go check them out. They're fantastic. And with that, the house is clean. We are on to episode 104, where we're kind of getting into, because we talked about this in the past, obviously, games as a service, it's funny, games as a service, by their nature, they just keep kind of going and going, and it works as a topic, because it's a topic that just keeps giving. And with some recent developments, like we've got Borderlands that just came out, we've got Shadowkeep, like, really firing on all cylinders, and then you kind of had the opposite end of the spectrum with Breakpoint, not really 
hitting those notes that the fans of Wildlands were expecting them to hit. So kind of looking at these games as a service where they're giving us these weekly, these daily, you know, some of these like quarterly or monthly updates, which ones are doing it well, why those ones are so appealing to us, what is it about the structure of the content, the way they release it, the price they release it for if they charge, what is it that makes it so appealing? And then on the flip side, what are some of the games that aren't doing it well? What are they doing wrong? And why is it that we're suddenly not as interested in those series as maybe we once were? So I guess mm. to kind of kick it off, just like as a general observation, what are some of these types of games that you have been playing recently or ones that maybe you haven't played recently, but they're ones that you kind of always keep in your back pocket because you know you can hop back into that universe and enjoy it. So uh, let's start it off with Matt because I know me and Chris have talked a little bit so far. Yeah, well, I've played a lot of MMOs, which yes. I feel like are all almost games mm-hmm. as a service. And all try and do that sort of like repeatable content Mm -hmm. um some that i've played include destiny 2 world of warcraft final fantasy 14 Mm. black desert i think we yeah i think we briefly talked about guild wars 2 yeah well black desert is a bad example of this (laughs) stuff uh guild wars 2 uh guild wars what other mmos have i played you played them all, it sounds like. I think that's all of them. Oh, and then like Diablo and stuff like that. Right. Diablo 3, Diablo 2. And I think the ones that suffer, like the ones that definitely suffer and don't know how to do it, I think is anything that's like pay to win. Um, Black Desert was, and I think still is pay to win, mm. which sucks because the game is actually like beautiful. It's yeah. like a really beautiful game. Um, and the combat's actually pretty fun too because it's so quick. Uh, it's very fast paced and there's a lot of like different combos and stuff that you basically have to end up memorizing. Mm. Um, but uh, I know at least when I was playing it, there were like so many things that you could just buy like XP boosts and all that sort of stuff that just like ruined it from a more competitive standpoint. And then I think one of the games where, and I'll talk about destiny two later. I don't want to start with it because there's so much to talk about, <laughs> but um I think a game that maybe doesn't get as much credit as it should is like is Guild Wars 2 because they have a whole like I think it, I think their whole thing is called like the living world uh where they'll like regularly do updates that like are a part of a longer quest line mm-hmm. or like storyline for the game overall and that I always thought was really cool because you would get like you know new information and new quests to do as unlike uh almost like a patch schedule like wow but it was i don't know it was just released a little bit more like integrated into the overall story yeah um whereas in wow it it can be a little bit more disjointed they'll do like small patches where nothing happens and then like a big patch which is just like a huge update um and guild wars 2 is free there's no subscription so you can just play those as they come out Mm. which is really nice. So with those ones that you just mentioned, because it seems like the one thing yeah. that sticks out to me is that what's going to drive you away from it is pretty much that just strictly pay to win stuff. And so on the flip right. side, what is it about some of those ones that was drawing you in in the first place? What? Cause you mentioned that the way they released that patch style content was similar, but what about mm-hmm. that? I guess style of release is what was drawing you to keep going back to those games. Yeah. Well, I think I'm perhaps unusual 
in my answer to that question because like for both wow and guild wars 2 it's the story it's all <laughs> it's the lore the, yeah. yeah it's not the um like every i'd say every maybe five to six months i'll like sub to wow for a month and just play through the story quests and then when i'm done i just stop playing okay. and unsub sure yeah i don't know so and for i mean destiny 2 i think does dailies and weeklies really well for yes. most cases, there are a few that I think aren't good. And I think sometimes they take it to an extreme that's not good. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah. But I never really got into like WoW's dailies and weeklies for some reason. Um, I think they have monthlies too. I'm not sure. So it's not so much the grind that appeals to you. It's it's really, I want to find more out about the story. That's why I'm going back. Absolutely. Okay. And so, Chris, what are some of the ones that, you know, you've played in the past or some of the ones that maybe you're currently playing? Because you said at the start of this that Destiny is kind of like what got you back into like really focusing on games again. So what are some of those ones that uh, really stuck out to you? No, I played all through Destiny uh, and Destiny 2. I started, uh, went through the first raid, cleared all that, did all that stuff. Like I've I've been through every raid up until the last probably maybe the sixth out six eight months maybe yeah um and then i've just kind of tailed off and it, it, it's more of a time thing it, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate dailies i appreciate weeklies you have to make me earn them i don't want it to just be for the sake of it um i saw mm-hmm. some content on twitter today where people are getting upset about the fact that 950 like there's no sense in kind of going anywhere past that because it, it, there's mm-hmm. there's no reason for the grind there's got to be a reason for the grind yeah. uh division division was kind of the same way because i played the division for a while i um, was in that mm. same boat um i'll use the a word i played anthem for a bit uh, <laughs> I, I did the too. a I word did too. i was there <laughs> that's so funny. i was so, there <laughs> yeah i was there i was sitting there like just let me in just let me in just let me in um but no it's it there has to be a reasoning besides i i, I don't want it mm-hmm. to be pay to win but i also it's not just like gear is just not enough for me like it, there has to be a story mm. behind it there has to be a reason for me to continue and i find that with a lot of these, the biggest complaint with a lot of folks, like let's just say the the Death Stranding stuff that's going around right now, it's really repetitive. You're doing the same fetch quest. Hey, guess what? That's what you do in Destiny. Like, except now you're chasing something. Yeah. So, like, I think that it's the chase, it's the story, it's like a combination of all of those things. And when it's not all together, that's when you start seeing the complaints from the community. Hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. can definitely see that because some of the things that I think is so appealing about it is it's a mix like you both said where you need that story to justify the grind because i i hit 950 in destiny and i don't feel as compelled to go out there and try to like grind out bounties to get powerful gear like i'll do some ones that i could just easily obtain because at this Mm -hmm. point the only thing that's really going to help me is like pinnacle drops Luckily, they do. They are, I mean, giving us more on a weekly basis of like things that you can do to obtain them. But eventually, it gets a little repetitive. Like right now, you can do Iron Banner, which is fun. Like it's a fun crucible mode. Like when it was out a couple weeks ago, I got addicted to it. I just couldn't stop playing. And it's the same thing where like I'm looking forward to it. But I understand that there is a little bit of a grind to that because you mm-hmm. have to play a bunch of Iron Banner matches. Like it's not just like, oh, I can play four matches and get the four pinnacle drops. Like, no, you're probably going to play like 30 matches or so. Or maybe like maybe if you're lucky, <laughs> like 20. Wild. Yeah, it's a it's lot. So many hours of it's that a lot. mode. And so, I mean, it's fun because it's competitive. It, it brings a little bit of a different aspect to it but there are some of the other ones like I, me and maria talked about this on the the destiny podcast where we 
can't fathom doing the Nightfall Strike five times in a, in a week just to get a fucking one sure. po- a tier one powerful drop. Like that does not justify the time spent for just like that one piece of equipment. So like you said, Matt, there are definitely things that they could work on to improve, but in the grand scheme of things, they seem to nail it in my eyes because they keep giving us more mm-hmm. and more story, not just the grind. Mm-hmm. Like we get the dungeon, you know, you get the haunted forest again, like all these little fun events, but they're adding mm-hmm. to the lore. And I know that tickles your fancy. So like once, Oh, it tickles it. <laughs> once they got that lore out there. And then you kind of look on the flip side because that is what I'm looking for. It's like, I'm looking for a game that's going to make it worth it to like pick it up for hours at a time every single week. Like I need a reason to invest my time in it. And Destiny does a great job of that because I'm getting more story, but I'm also getting like cool gear, doing fun activities. Like the dungeon was a blast. We're, we're doing the raid this weekend. I'm looking forward to that. So it's all a lot of fun stuff. But then like on the flip side, cause I, I was into like the division and I quickly got so bored with it because it was super repetitive and like there is obvious there's obviously going to be repetition in every single one of these games we talk about that is kind of like the nature of these games like even destiny a game like destiny you're still kind of doing the same thing you're taking out like the same kind of bosses it's all very much the same thing but there's different settings there's different ways you could do it they'll give you like different puzzles and stuff like that the division literally just felt like oh here's the big boss that is going to eat up all your bullets so i hope you have like two thousand bullets and like after a while like that just got so boring and nothing that game could do could justify me like grinding to get more loot or grinding to get my level up so I could do the next main story mission and so with a game like that I I just didn't feel compelled and it it wasn't anything that like because that that one right there I think is the one that sticks out to me the most that one in Breakpoint so kind of funny they're both ubisoft games but both of those games Mm -hmm. stick out to me where i start questioning do you need to do a sequel for this like can't you just build on the games that you had and i think that's when i start to lose interest where i'm like you know i'd rather just play the first game that you guys released because i kind of regret spending 60 dollars on this because not like nothing's different Nothing is enticing me to keep playing. The story's not good enough by any means. And so, yeah, I think when it's good, when like these games are good, they're good. But when they're bad, like you, you almost start to regret the initial purchase. And you see Overwatch doing that right now. They're doubling down on an Overwatch mm-hmm. 2 that's I, I, almost identical to Overwatch 1. And yeah. it's just updated assets. So they're keeping the same engine. They're keeping the, the player base the same. And they're just adding an additional game on that's adding players or, you know, a group of people that haven't been there before or, ma- or or modes. But they're doing exactly what you're saying. They're not changing much. And they can reuse assets. Of course they're going to. But if you just make it more interesting, if you do give me things that are using them in a way that I haven't done before mm. or at least is more competitive or whatever it happens to be, I think you can still do what you're saying and just keep the same format and just keep adding additional content to it. Yeah, because that I, I brought that up to the, the Discord because, Matt, I know you were really big into Overwatch. You kind of tailed off uh, recently, mm-hmm. but I, I brought it up is what is it about Overwatch 2 that would make you know somebody like me or you know, like a casual fan, what would make them want to purchase that, especially if Overwatch 1 is supposedly going to go free to play? I think it's probably... I mean, if they make extensive like PVE stuff, mm. then I think a lot of people would buy it for that reason. Yeah, I can't see the competitive space getting 
any different, like the PvP. So I would imagine that they're going to go really hard with marketing the whatever story PvE component that they come up with. Now, is that something that could possibly get you back into it? Because I know you were you were very much into it for a while, and you know lately mm-hmm. you you tailed off. Um, I probably won't buy it. Yeah. At release, I'll probably wait. Yeah, wait. Try to like see know. the reviews. I guess, but even then, I'd probably like only really want to buy it if I guess other people want to play it with me. <laughs> I don't know. That I mean, that was a problem I had for a while with uh, Destiny on PS4 until mm. Cross Save came up, and sure. now I'm, you know, just hobnobbing mm. with the Mothra clan. <laughs> I think that a lot of these companies are gonna take from what Bungie did because Bungie learned a ton of mistakes oh, on yeah. how, on specifically the roadmap stuff. Like, don't give us a roadmap if you're just gonna bullshit us about the roadmap. Yeah. Like. Not the, hey, we're going to do this content and then have to pull it back and then have to pull it back. Now you can buy it a la carte, which is so much nicer because if I don't want to do what you're you're throwing out there, I don't want to spend 40 bucks. Just give me like, let me spend 20 bucks and I'll do what I want. And that's more interesting. But I think the division ran into that problem where they had this huge roadmap and everybody was all, oh, this Mm. is so great. And it's not great content. So who cares if you have a roadmap if the content isn't there? You know? Oh, yeah, because Anthem But we have a roadmap. <laughs> this brings up a great question. What do you guys think of roadmaps? Because I got to tell you, I absolutely What's the best roadmap roadmaps. you've ever seen? They're it's, so bad. They're silly. It's yeah. silliness. Especially because like, we brought up Anthem. Like Anthem, Anthem had a roadmap, guys. Just think about that. At one point in time, they're like, look at all this stuff we're going to do. And then like a month later, they were like, hey, remember that roadmap we had? Burn it fucking pretend you never saw it they wanted to like men in black us and just like press the button to make sure we all forgot that's why i love when like these games of service always release these the the roadmaps it's like look i don't care like let me know when the product is finished let me know how much it's going to cost and let me know what it's going to be like even if you tell me like a week in advance that's enough time like that's plenty of time for me to make a decision if i'm going to buy it at release or not but because I look at a game, again, we always go back to Destiny. It's mostly because, like you said, Bungie learned all these lessons. Like, they they really fucked up at the original launch of this. Because I remember we talked about this way back, like, probably, like, on, like, the 20th episode. I'm sure you might remember this, Matt. Because mm-hmm. it came out on um, PC a little bit later than console. I think it came out, like, a month or two later, yep. if I remember correctly. Yep. I think it was one month. And then the DLC came out a month after the PC release and you were like why the hell do I have to pay extra for Curse of Osiris yeah, it was insane yeah it made no sense I was sense. furious about that and then you could see they really learned their lesson with Forsaken and then even more so with Shadowkeep where they delayed it so they knew we're not ready mm-hmm. yet we're not going to rush this we're going to push it back a few weeks and that few weeks definitely made a difference because sure they had their server issues on launch day but again Game went free to play. You're opening the base up to an insane amount of people. They recovered pretty quickly because, like, the next day you were able to get in, no issue. Everything was good. The content was good. Obviously, people were like, oh, the campaign felt a little short. It's like, yeah, but it's going to be all this other story that gets put into it over the next year. So there's more to it. Mm-hmm. So they learned all their lessons and then they got away from Activision. I think that's a huge thing, too. They don't have this giant board that they have to appease anymore. Now it's like, look, we want to make the game we want to make in the universe that we want it to be. 
and now you can you've seen the seeds like this is what the game is going to be and that's why i think we should be years away from like a destiny 3 like this should be their focus for the the next few years just keep building on this world keep adding content to it because there's so much that can be done and so that's why i think if they stay just kind of trying to you know add new content even if it's on a yearly basis like they're doing it'll work because they have a really solid thing going and i think what could hurt them is rushing out another sequel. They could easily do just the, the next year of just PvP. Destiny, the, the year of PvP, and just make it that, and that's their sole focus for the next year. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that are compla- that are still complaining about everything PvP. I'm not balanced, it's not the same as it was in year, you know, for the original Destiny, that yeah. sort of thing, so. They've definitely made some improvements, which are good, but I think that there's always room for improvement with with PvP because there are still those times where some team is just clearly way better than the other team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just wonder, it's like, how did this get through the matchmaking? Whatever. Just one game. Hopefully, you get mercyed and then you get the little tally for your your powerful gear quest. How do you guys feel about state of plays? Do you feel like there's a need for the for Destiny and for Division we, like weekly to to let you know exactly what's going on inside the community, or do you feel like they need to maybe spread it out a little bit farther and say let's do it once a month as opposed to? Let, I just feel like every time there's they have these the communication level and the toxicity level of the community kind of raises and low like it just kind of goes up and down yeah. and it just it lights a fire. Whereas maybe they don't have as much information to say and they just feel like they need to fill some of that with some information, even if they don't really aren't saying much. That's a fantastic question. I think that really goes into play. Like, I guess it depends on if they do weekly or monthly content, because like with with Destiny, I think it works because they release new weekly things. Um, But they also manage to throw in like little story posts in that as well. And I think that adds to it as well. Like it's just another way to take in that lore. Take it in. <laughs> what about you, Matt? What do you think? I don't know. I don't like uh, most internet communities <laughs> at this point. <laughs> That's my blanket response. People are just toxic on the internet. Yeah, I like barely tough. go on Twitter anymore. It's just not worth it. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's really tough to see because like a lot of the times. It's just like shitting on things just to say something. Sure. Whereas like mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. really listening to what the devs are saying or like what the content's trying to do. Like it's just like, oh, I don't like this one thing. It's like, why are you giving us this? I want this instead. It's like maybe that's coming or like I want more Osiris. Yeah, see like Where is he? That's what you're doing right now. You're you're shouting out at <laughs> John Bungie and you're like, hey, <laughs> Where's Osiris? It just seems like so cyclical because like in the beginning, everybody's so excited. It's like, this is going to be great. This is fantastic. And then a month in, you're like, wow, this is crap. There's not enough content. And then they throw something at you and you're like, oh, this is great again. And then it's like, oh, no, there's no content. again. Like it's just kind of so up and down. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think that these like the devs, too, it it sucks because like they're trying to like making these games of service has to be one of the toughest things because you're constantly on like it never ends like you have to Mm, keep mm -hmm. producing and so yeah it can be obviously financially beneficial to all of these companies because especially like a thing like destiny you keep paying you know 40 or 60 bucks a year to buy the newest expansion that's way more money coming in a yearly basis because that's basically buying a new game every single year 
but they have to stay on the ball for everything. And so they do open themselves up to that, which kind of sucks because like they're, they're literally trying to make the best game they can possibly make in most cases. I, who knows what was going on with Anthem over at EA? I don't know. There, there, that was a mess. But in most cases, in most cases, they're trying to make the best game humanly possible, with you know no roadblocks. But they have to deal with. But with a roadmap. With a roadmap. Yeah. I think the other problem rises is when these companies talk about the roadmap and they talk about how much push they're going to put behind the game, and then there's nothing. Yeah. Like no community. Nobody wants to play, and now you're six months in, and. I mean, how many people are actually playing Anthem right now? I I, I don't no even idea. But uh, so, do they stay with it? Do they That's just really scrap it? Do they just tell, tell everybody, "Hey, you just wasted a hundred bucks. See you later." Like they got to figure out how to like message that in a way that isn't destroying everybody. Yeah, it's really tough, especially with a game like Anthem because it sucks because that game, at the heart of it, it could have been so good. There was a very satisfying gameplay loop throughout that entire game, like. The combat felt good. The uh, the javelin was cool. Like, that was just a lot of fun. It was very fun to just jump up and poof, take off like you were Iron Man. They had the mechanics. It, it felt smooth. And then the characters were cool. Like, it was great interacting with the NPCs. They were very entertaining. They were full of life. Some of the story missions were entertaining to the sense that it's like, all right, I've seen this style of mission before, but sure. these are new characters, new setting, whatever. I'll give it a shot. But then once you finish that game, you're like, that's it. Like, I, there's literally nothing else for me to do other than just doing the strongholds over and over and over again. <laughs> or like, mm. you know, when you play 45 minutes and your save gets wiped and, uh, because the servers mm. are, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Happened, that, happened, that happened a couple of times on Anthem for me. And I'm like, oh, well, that's it. I'm done. Like, I have no interest in replaying this a fourth time. Oh, man. Doesn't that uh. just, like, take you out of the gaming mood in general? Like, once the system crashes, you're like, all right, I'm done. I just never want to play again. <laughs> yeah. I was actually playing with Neil. And, like, we were playing. And, like, we, re- we got to the end. We're like, this is awesome. And then it just wiped. And we're like, wait, what? Oh, and we're, we're both talking, both screens are blank, and we're like, no. That's miserable. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a great question. Like, what do you do if you are working on that game? Do you, like, do you even bother to keep going? Or it's just like, all right, sorry, guys. Like, this just didn't work. It just peters out. It's like, I think it, the messaging is strong, strong, strong. Like, they've Anthem's still sending out messages about the community. And it's like, eventually, you'll just, it'll just kind of stop. And you just won't hear anything anymore. And you're like, hey, what's going on? I mean, if you look at like, like, look at a massive in the division right now, that community is unbelievably toxic. Like they, it, they're in a bad spot right now. It's in a bad, that place is in a bad way. And they were being praised about how things are different. And this looks amazing. Are they going to come out with a division three for the next set? I mean, I, you don't know. Maybe, maybe they have enough. Maybe they don't. Yeah. And I feel like Ubisoft is one of those that they seem to love getting sequels out for their games. Like, this was the first year that we haven't had a new Assassin's Creed in like forever. Like there's just, they're pumping those out like Call of Duties. And so that's when you start saying like, you don't need necessarily a sequel for Division. Like, yeah, the setting was different. That was cool. Like it was, it was fun to be like be in DC and like see a lot of those, you know, monuments in that setting. So that was interesting, but was it really worth like a whole new game where they're clearly not living up to their promises for the the new content true and then you have to convince people to spend another sixty dollars when in reality they're probably getting a forty dollar content drop initially to begin with not yeah. a sixty dollar contract drop so it it's hard 
you know, it's hard. It's hard to market it. It's hard to describe it. They they try and they try to tell you about all the new things. Yeah, speaking of Breakpoint, like I mean, they basically came out with a drop prior to E3, so that they could try to re-explain exactly what it is that they were trying to, you know, what they were doing. Yeah. And even that didn't. It didn't really go over well. And by E3, people were like, "Hey, what is this again?" Because like we really don't understand still. And then all of a sudden you're in a beta, and then poof, it's out. Yeah, and that's one of the ones that just like completely missed the mark because what Wildlands did well was it, it it really felt like SOCOM again. Like it felt like you had that crew of four and it, that's one of the things Breakpoint took out and they're putting back in now is they took out the ability to have AI companions. So like you could really only co-op or like have people in your squad if you had actual people in your squad. And so that kind of sucked me out a little bit. I was like, all right, well, eh. I, I, the single player's great, but at the same time, like the best part of Wildlands was always having a squad, commanding them, telling them what to do, setting them up so you could strategically take out these missions. And so you didn't really have the same thing with Breakpoint. And then they, they went too much division when they should have went Wildlands. Like, yeah. does Breakpoint need a loot grind system? No, it absolutely doesn't. Like, that game would have been fine. You could have still had a rank-up system. Wildlands had a rank-up system. You still could have had all that. So I feel like they tried to satisfy almost like too many player bases with this one game. And it's like, all right, you're, you're, you're trying way too many things. It's like the the saying, what's the uh, jack of all trades, master of none. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. That is the phrase. That is pretty much what Breakpoint is. They're just like trying to do everything and they can't, like, I'll, I'll give them one thing. The game does look nice. It's a very good looking game. The voice acting is incredible. John Bernthal does a great job. Story is just as B-movie action style as you could ever get. I was laughing out loud at some of the dialogue. It was like predicting what was about to happen because it was like every action movie that you've seen from 1980. Like a bad Rambo. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh man, I've seen some stuff, so I'm a bad guy. But am I bad? I have a moral ambiguity. And then that's it. But I think... Like Breakpoint is the best example of that game that you didn't really need a sequel for Wildlands. And if if you were going to do a sequel for Wildlands, this was the wrong way to do it because I get it's like not necessarily directly off of Wildlands, just in the Ghost Recon franchise. But you had a really good thing. It was like a critically acclaimed game, and then you just went and like changed everything, and not for the better. That's a bummer because Ubisoft feels like it has three or four games that are almost the same game, and they yeah. just they 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 don't have a way to differentiate. You know. The division versus watchdogs versus wildlife they just don't and if they it's almost like they're trying to make all three the same game but in different universes and in reality they should like literally just what does this game do best yeah okay let's make it that and now you see like all the delays happening but oh man it's a mess that's also interesting because the way you phrase that because all of the assassin's creed games are let's make the same game in different universes yeah universes, but mm-hmm. settings yeah it's a microcosm for ubisoft as a whole <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so with these like these these games of the service like if they're gonna release like this up like this updated content i think what they need to they need to focus more on is the idea of do we really need to do a brand new thing with this or can we just add on an existing foundation because I look at something like Rainbow Six Siege, and I, I know we have, like, the, the quarantine game coming out, but I feel like that's almost, like, a side little thing. Because, like, Rainbow Six Siege exists on its own. It's, like, a completely unique game, 
and it's been getting so much attention for so long and you don't see a real desire to pump out like an actual rainbow six sequel because they're riding out the success of this one and i think they're doing a great job with it they have a great community it's very strong it hasn't really died off like you're still seeing rainbow six streams all the time so i think that they're doing it great with that game and then it's wild how you look over at ghost recon you're like man what 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 happened here and and happened with the division mm. and but like you guys were doing it so well with Rainbow Six Siege so it's it's interesting that like this I know like this company right here with all these titles can operate so differently between them. It's also weird to see Ubisoft juxtapose their conference call about how it's it's not doing as well as they thought it would and then seeing the PlayStation it hitting the number two. It's like it is doing well enough, but it also might be because the people who liked Wildlands or the average gamer who doesn't really pay attention to like IGN and all those sites just purchased it based off of the fact that they knew what the previous game was mm -hmm. got this game and we're like oh this is not what I planned on mm. that's like how I kind of was I was definitely expecting more Wildlands and then I decided to play the beta and I was like all right I I I'm a fan of the loot grind system so I didn't mind it at first but then I like the more I looked at it I was like this just isn't a game for that like Ghost Recon is all about kind of finding, like, the loadout that works for you. Like, what type of person are you going to be? Are you going to be the sniper? Are you going to be the assault? Or, like, are you going to be the guy who's sneaking around with silencers? Like, what is your role going to be in your squad? And so with this, you feel compelled to, oh, I have an assault rifle, but I just picked up a pretty nice sniper rifle that's stronger than this one. So now I'm going to switch that out because that'll rank up my gear score. Like, I, I shouldn't be focusing on my gear score with a game that's about, like, tactically taking out enemy outposts. <laughs> Do you like betas and alphas for these type of games? I mean, yes. outside of the necessity for load on, like, servers and stuff like that. I mean, do you find it's in a, like, you're playing that beta will give you an indication on whether you will like that game or not? Yeah, because uh, you you played the beta, but you still bought it. So obviously, you must have liked it enough in the beta to buy it. But did you get enough of a sense of it where you thought, uh, "I might not really like this"? You know, even I'm gonna buy it, but I still might not like it. Hmm. So for Ghost Recon, I believe I had to pre-order it to get access to the beta. Okay. So with that one, I was already I was in too deep. It was it was over for your boy. <laughs> I was in too deep. <laughs> I was in too deep. I couldn't get out. Yeah. I couldn't get out. But with Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I really appreciated that they did the alpha a month in advance and they had the, the multiplayer beta like a couple weeks in advance because that just sold me on purchasing it at launch because that at first was like, yeah, I was interested in it. Like, obviously, I, it's cool that it's going back to Modern Warfare. But I wasn't completely sold at like getting it at launch because there's a lot of games that are coming out. But then once I played through the multiplayer and the gunfight mode, love the gunfight mode, that sold me on it. And so I was like, I have to get this at launch. So in that case, yeah. I miss the days of when like being a beta tester was like a badge of honor. Yeah. <laughs> now it's all marketing. Yeah, it's it really like, is. Kind of sucks. But it was like so cool back in the back in the day when like got like the beta invite yeah and you're like oh my god i got it i got a spot and then you would like in good faith like play the game and like send in bugs and suggestions and like all the things that like happen while you're playing yeah all to make the game better like that sure. was the whole point yeah now it's like a it's bad perverted yeah. form of that yeah you have to pre-order to get it and then there's no 
Or they do those deals Good where it's faith. like, buy this pack of Mountain Dew and you get access yeah. to beta. <laughs> Fuck. That just made me think of like all the Red Bull stuff with Destiny and getting like the extra so you could do the, like, uh, that's crazy. I remember buying those cans too. It's like, hey, yeah, sweet. I get an extra half an hour. Ooh, yeah, because Call of Duty does it all the time. They do it with um, Doritos, I'm pretty sure. They have like a Doritos well, deal. That's a, I mean, who's going to say no to Doritos though? Doritos are great. I'd buy a bag of Doritos if it got me beta access. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think those betas are, are sometimes good. They're sometimes bad. Like the Anthem thing totally destroyed that game. Like that yeah. was literally, it, had that beta not come out, people would have still mm. purchased and not sunk it. Or mm. sometimes like I think people come out with games where they're trying to get reviews. Like the Death Stranding thing right now where like Kojima's like, I'm going to drop this thing in a week early and it's going to get great reviews. And then all of a sudden it doesn't. And you're like, oh crap. Now we have a whole week of people talking about that. Like, it's it's such a fine line, it's such a balance, especially with these online service games, because like a false start and Anthem was dead before it even got out of the water. Yeah. And there there's so I many games of service. Did the you? Water. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> there's so many games. There's so many games of service right now that like you have to start out strong or you just you won't survive. All they so. found was clay stuffed in Anthem's throat <laughs> with arthritis. With arthritis. Arthritis. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually I, I love how Anthem has just become the games of the service whipping boys just because like God, that was such a failure. And it, you're right, it's because they did the beta because when that beta happened, everybody was like, This game should release an early access. It's not ready. And then they're like, Well, it's out in a week <laughs> Then mm. there it went and uh it just it was what it was. Like it, the betas can, like you said, be hit or miss because I think they're great if you do it like maybe a month or two in advance and actually take in that feedback and fix the issues. Or if sure. you can't fix them in that time frame, let everybody know. It's like, hey, we're, we heard everything you said. We're aware of all the feedback. We are working on it. Here's what will be fixed by launch. Here's what we're going to still be working on. But here's when we expect it'll be ready. Instead... We usually just get bullshit roadmaps. Yeah. yeah. Remember you had to, I think for some of them, didn't you have to like fill out an application and like write out like what games you've played and for how long oh, and yeah. stuff like that? For sure. Now it's just anyone with whatever with the computer can be in the beta if they buy a bag of Doritos. Goddamn millennials, man. <laughs> it cracks me up because it's like, oh, he's like, you can prepay and you can get the beta code. And then like a day and a half later, we're going to open it up to everybody. It's like, well, why did I just prepay for something that I knew I was going to get a beta code for in 24 hours? Oh, yeah. Well, that actually you got the that. special Doritos skin, though. There you go. It's That's actually just important. Cool Ranch skin. It's just a Cool Ranch Dorito bag over your head. It's like, actually uh, just your character's fingers are always covered in Dorito dust. <laughs> That's the Dorito Cheetah fingers. <laughs> but yeah, I hate that because that's actually what happened to me with, with uh, Breakpoint. Because at the time, it was like, you want to get the beta, you get to pre-order it. And then like the week before they released, they're like, oh, we're doing an open beta. It's like, well, fuck you, man. Like, I had to pre-order this to play this shit. And then, yeah. Play the Amazon game. Cancel and subscribe. Cancel and subscribe. Yeah. Pre-order and then cancel. Yeah, I might have to do that next time because, like... I... Wait, what? Amazon, you pre-order it, they send you the beta code, and then you can cancel it. And then they don't Then they don't even take a dime from you because they haven't sent it out to you yet. What? See? Yes. There you go. There you are. I know that was a thing. Breaking yeah. the law. Breaking the Breaking law. Breaking the law. <laughs> I actually only still send in applications. <laughs> oh, okay. For beta tests. Every developer's like, who the fuck is sending us beta access applications? Jesus. Where do people buy stamps? 
send in my resume and a cover letter and a headshot and a headshot <laughs> is this a glamour shot it's actually just a picture of one of your bulls <laughs> yeah. that'd be fantastic i actually would love it if you would start sending beta applications <laughs> to game devs i think i should do it this i'm gonna start so it. funny yeah I, I what's really the next beta it. i can play oh uh, we gotta we gotta have something coming out uh oh well, I don't know. There's, is there any like multiplayer games coming? Is Jedi Fallen Order going to be doing a beta? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Even if Could they're be. not, just Dear yeah, send them a letter. Mr. Star Wars, <laughs> I have enclosed a picture of my bowl. <laughs> That's it. Here is my resume. Let me test. I would like to be in the beta. For your reference, that is a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> Sincerely. Jeez. Matthew. We'll have to do that as a segment. Matt's beta applications. <laughs> which could be taken a couple of ways, but we'll <laughs> stick with. <laughs> My God, if we got responses, we could read those. That'd be great. That They're be just funny. like, hey, Matt, uh, it's 2019. Here's a code. Just ask. <laughs> you can access the beta by buying a bag of Doritos. <laughs> like, have you heard this about application it? seems a little overqualified. Have you heard about our Lord and Savior Cool Ranch Doritos? Cool Ranch. Ah, uh, mm. that's fun. Spicy sweet chili. I'm all spicy nacho. Spicy nacho is my go-to. Spicy nacho is good, but spicy sweet chili is. Those are good fantastic. too. Those are good They're too. Unreal. We could talk all day about Doritos, but we we I did guess, get a little yeah. sidetracked here. So overall, I guess what would be some of your general takeaways in the sense that for these these games that are delivering this content. If they're going to keep your attention, what is one thing you need them to do and one thing that you hope they never do? Jen, we're going to throw this one out here. Thing. No roadmaps. We're all going to say no roadmaps. So right there off the top, roadmaps get fucked. No roadmaps. Uh, wait, what was the one thing you One thing that they love? have. Yeah, one thing that you would love them to do and that'll keep one you thing going. You don't. And one thing that you're like, I don't want to see this in these types of games anymore. I like... A slow trickle of storyline. Mm-hmm. So keep doing that, and you'll keep me invested. Yeah, I like the way De- I like the way Destiny did that. Even when they were doing some of their side content, like even within the original Destiny two, you could mm-hmm. go on missions that weren't even story beat missions and still get a little bit of lore mm-hmm. added on. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. stuff, like you could do that and trickle in information, and that's fine by me. I'd rather have that than have to go on a computer to look up the lore. Which I had to do in, De- in Destiny One, so yeah. uh, I'd much rather <laughs> have it go that way. All the story was on the com- yeah. yeah, but I I'm agree with you. Story is a big deal to me. Like, it seems to be the one thing with all of these that falls by the wayside. I think if somebody ever hit it and just hit it on all cylinders at 100, percent you would have like a ridiculous following. If they were able to create a a version of like Mass Effect or like a Star Wars type storyline, oh my god, people would go ape shit. Oh yeah. And so what's one that you just, that, I guess it would be, what's one that you see these games do currently, like you kind of see them all do it, that you are so sick of seeing you want them to get rid of it? I'm not super sick of this, but it is the one thing in Destiny that really annoys me, is the quests that you need to do to unlock content, like this Iron Banner thing, mm-hmm. where... It then affects gameplay for other people. Yes. So like with the Iron Banner one, where you have to, in order to like turn in your bounties, 
or get whatever legendary whatever get engrams right, right. from him you have to do a series of quests that affect how you play a match of iron banner because you either have to use uh you have to use a specific weapon type mm-hmm. to like complete that quest to move on to the next step yes which maybe you're not familiar with or you don't like or you have better weapons or gear that you would normally be using in iron banner and so you're affecting everyone else's match because you're trying to fuck around with fusion rifles. I feel this. I find that the most annoying thing ever. I feel this so much because <laughs> I fucking hate fusion rifles. And that's exactly where I'm at on that quest. Yeah. but it's all, And then it's like submachine guns. It's all this. It's like, can't I just use the weapons I want to use? Yeah. I agree. Find some other way to make me do the next quest step. Yeah, because I'm cool if it's tied behind, like, just a number of total kills, not weapon-specific kills or, like, Mm. assists. Because, like you said, there are weapons that I I purposefully do not use because I don't like the way that they go. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I prefer so many different weapon categories. Or just make it not, like, make it, oh, go kill... 50 hive with fusion rifles yeah then i'm not affecting anyone else's pvp match oh yeah you know well it's the same thing with the the ace of spades quest line where it's like you need to get a bunch of hand cannon kills and gambit it's like gambit is constant chaos where you need crowd control weapons and a hand cannon is not the option and so like i fucking hated that quest line because i it was almost impossible like i was getting killed so many times because so many of those hand cannons take so long to reload so like you'd be in the middle of it you'd be blasting then i do love hand cannons just not for that mode (laughs) and so it took me forever to do that because i would totally forget that i would need to use a hand cannon because i'm like it's gambit and i want to use my assault rifles and my pulse rifles and my scout rifles so i can have some pop and quick reload but yeah i am all about that that's one of the things that i can't stand is when they they force something on you that you wouldn't normally use and it's not like it's just for this is just to like to acquire this weapon like this like you said if you don't do this quest you can't get the legendary engrams from saladin which is they they used to do the same thing in that respect that it bothered me quite a bit when I had to hop into PvP and I don't like it. Yeah. I don't want to have mm. to play PvP to obtain something. You're forcing me to do something I don't want to do and therefore making your game less fun for me. Yeah. Which is almost making me not want to play it because then it's like, you know what? You know, fuck it. I don't, I'm not going to do this. Like I in fact, I'm not even going to play your game now. Now yeah. I'm so frustrated <laughs> that I'm just going to go do something mm-hmm. else. Like if give me a give me t- I'm gonna go play anthem. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody said that. Give, give me another anthem. Give me another option. Like if if I don't want to do the PvP version, give me a PVE option. Yeah. Make it more difficult if that's the case. I don't care. But like, give me another way to do it so that I don't have to. Perfect. That's. Uh, I'm glad we're all in agreement that that needs to just get the fuck out of here. Yep. Just get out of here. I guess one thing that I, I still love seeing is I'm with you guys. I do love the, the slow trickle of story because that gives you a reason to come back month after month, not just, you know, week after week for a short period of time. So I do like them to draw that out because it does make me feel like for, I don't know why I guess it makes me feel this way that I guess if I play it over a longer period of time, I feel like I got more from out of my money. Uh, as opposed to, you know, like say I played that game like every day for a month and then didn't play it for a few months. I guess I, I would feel like I didn't get as much bang for my buck. But 
I don't know if that's just me, but I feel like if they do it this way, I I feel like I'm getting way more enjoyment over a longer period of time. And I think it, it makes it more worth it in my eyes. So I do love that, but I also love the inclusion of either new mechanics or just new areas. Like, I want a new setting if you're going to, you know, make me pay a certain amount of money to get this new expansion. Like, give me a a reason. Like, I don't want to just go to the same old places that I've been going to because why am I paying, you know, 40 or 60 bucks to now do the same things I was doing? So I, I love that most of these games do it very well, where they do give you new mechanics, new gear to acquire, new weapons to acquire, new places to visit, to explore, new game modes to do. So I love that you see a lot of these game devs actually focus on what can we add on to the existing foundation to make current players want to keep playing this over a long period of time, but also entice More new players. jumping puzzles. Ah, no! <laughs> I love jumping puzzles. So, so do much. I. They're so much fun. They are so much fun. We're we're like we got like four warlocks on that raid, and so we just have the riskiest jumps. As you watch somebody just float. Yeah, we're oh, just floating yeah. away. Just floating away. But I guess to kind of wind down the episode, do you guys have any closing thoughts on 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 these ones, like the on these types of games as a service, like the ones that we've enjoyed, the ones that we can just say, hey. You were a game, but uh, that's that's it. I just hope Destiny 2 continues to be awesome. I think it will. That's all I have. I think the highs are high, like mm. beating a raid and having it yeah. be the, the five people that you are like in the trenches with for extended periods of time and you all have to band together and be in sync. And I think the lows are low when you're stuck in... Uh, when you're floating like let's just say destiny in the original destiny and you're just hanging out in space for 45 minutes waiting for one other person to join yeah. and you're like come on man can we just get this thing started or like anthem when you can't even get into a game so like i think it it runs extremes for me yeah i i feel that i think there's a lot of good in the in, in these communities because i've actually met a lot of people like through the destiny community which i think is awesome but then, like you said, there's a lot of toxicity in these communities as well because you have people who it seems that they can never be satisfied with what they're given. But then you also see certain times, sometimes the the game devs aren't going the right way with the game and people end up feeling like they got ripped off. And so it, it's like this double-edged sword where I think we need to see four of these things. Like we talked about the betas and the alphas. I, I kind of think we need to see more of that, but in an earlier stage in the development it's tough to do these like a month in advance and then take all that feedback and actually make any changes without forcing crunch, you know, crunch work conditions on these employees. <laughs> so I, I, I think that maybe if we saw more beta and alpha access at an earlier stage in development, then I think that perhaps some of these issues that these games suffer at launch could be avoided. And maybe some of these roadmaps could be avoided as well. <laughs> But I think that's a good time to, to put a stop to episode 104. So the roadmap for the Plus One Player podcast is we're going to close this out. We're going to tell you all where to find Chris again. <laughs> the roadmap. <laughs> the roadmap. So, Chris, where can they find you on Twitter one last time? Uh, the roadmap to me is Twitter.com. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at Tilfernoons, T-O-P-H-E-R-N-U-N-E-S. <laughs> Thank you again so much, Chris. We really enjoyed chatting with you. 
I know you're going to be playing Death Stranding. I'm going to be playing Death Stranding. I think uh, after we play it, you and I should chat about it. That'll be a lot for of fun. For sure. Yeah, but th- definitely. Thanks for hanging out with us. Everybody go check him out on Twitter. He's a great individual to follow, and he's very fun to talk to. So go go share your thoughts with the, the gaming industry with Chris on Twitter. And so we are bringing the episode to a close, but before we do, as always... Big shout out to Evil Tim Industries for providing roadmaps to nowhere since 1982. He'll give you a bunch of information on a small piece of paper. He sends it to you on a weekly basis, but it gets to you in a month. So you end up just getting a month's worth of these roadmaps all at once. Very confusing, but that's Evil Tim Industries for you. More, More work for your mouth. Thank you, Evil Tim. We always appreciate your support. And so it's time to close out episode 104. If you've enjoyed this, make sure you go on whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. Give us a like, write us a review, and subscribe to us. It goes a long way, and we really appreciate the support. And if you've enjoyed this, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. If you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two. Every dollar you give us will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast around. We have an amazing group of supporters that we would love if you would join. So episode 104, it's done. It's over. Roadmap ripped up, torn apart, thrown out the window. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed making it for you. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you. And we will talk to you all very soon. 